What's good B-roll today? Uh, We're not going to admit the fact that we have two Seb McKinnon mats out in the stand. Oh, I didn't even. They were just there. You put them out. You See, put them out. <laughs> and you set myself up for failure. Yeah, and you're sitting there <laughs> with a Seb McKinnon mat. You put. You gave me one. That's fucking yours, though. Okay. But but in all fairness, I paid for this. I paid for this uh, this play mat before we pre, knew, we knew uh, or before his whole scandal thing. Pre Seb, yeah yeah. Pre fired Seb. Pre fired Seb. Yeah that. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Mock Stars Podcast, the number one podcast on the internet for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Just leaning into it. The crisp point. Dr. P, the delight that doesn't stop giving. I'm one of your hosts, Evan Kunai, and I'm here with Jordan Garcia! <laughs> Holy shit, that is the most intense energy you've ever brought in. <laughs> I could never hope to match that level of energy, but what the fuck is up? My name is Jordan Garcia, and we're here to talk about Magic the Gathering, the greatest podcast, sorry, the greatest game on earth while we're drinking the best beverage on earth, and that is crisp, cool Dr. Oh my god. <laughs> Bro, you should have heard what we talked about before we started recording. Holy shit. Okay. All right. All right. What are we talking about? It is just Jordan and I in the studio today. Uh we have a uh well, we have a very interesting topic for today's show. It is the power level dilemma and all that goes along with it. We're basically going to break it down. This power level guide that everyone in EDH has been using forever based on the one to 10 and how it like has affected the game, like and how we know it today and, and the format entirely. So spoiler alert, it's trash. We do not have strong feelings for it. But hopefully we can have some insight that'll help uh, resolve some of the issues that that you may be having with it by the end of this episode. So uh, before we get into that, uh, you can help support the show by subscribing to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up and hit that little bell for more notifications as to when episodes are dropping, which is every single Friday. What's up? Every goddamn Friday. <laughs> and you can follow us on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Audible, you name it. We're there. Mockstars, MTG. Hit us with those five stars. Hit us with the five stars because it goes a long way to helping new people find the show. I will say since we started do it, saying that, we've been getting a lot more reviews on the podcast platforms. So I super appreciate y'all. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, let's go. And be sure to join the Discord server because we're popping off. Uh, we're actually going to do a uh, little pregame action in honor of uh, one of our Discord members, Guy the Guy Like the Word. <laughs> Shout out. 
I have no idea what we're talking about, so go ahead. All right. Today on the Discord server, I asked Guy in the channel discussion, what should we talk about today? And he gave me a lot. He had, he just spilled out everything. He's like, I don't know, man. Bunch of shower thoughts. So uh, today's pregame action, shower thoughts. Shower thoughts. Magic like the, the old uh, post from Tumblr? What was that on? Oh, I don't know. Okay. But I have shower thoughts a lot. And I do have shower thoughts a lot about Magic the Gathering. I usually do a lot of my deck building when I'm in the shower. I do think he was specifically re- referencing like an old like comedy account or maybe even a current economy account about shower thoughts. Oh. But I'm glad you relate to that. And we should definitely discuss. So shower thoughts regarding to what? Magic the Gathering? Magic the Gathering. And uh, Guy had a lot of great points that he brought up. A few deck ideas. Basically, the one that I really want to talk about is one that you can level with specifically. Okay. Is Yuriko one or two ninjas away from being top tier CD? Oh, so this is what we're considering shower thoughts. Just like those like you're in the shower and all of a sudden you just get like a little magic thought pops in your head. Yeah. And now that the craziness of life is cleared out. Yep. We can think about the real things that matter. Exactly. And you start creating custom magic cards in your head. Like what ninja would Yuriko need to break them like to break out and actually be a consistent deck you would see at the table at every single tournament? If I can be honest. I don't think it's a ninja that's going to make Yuriko better than it currently is. Is it access to Dockside? I th- I think it's better. I hate to. I I can't say better cards in the Demir card pool because there's some really good cards. A in lot the of Demir good card. ones. But that being said, Yuriko is inherently limited by what it does. That like the engine helps it go very far, but that is also its ceiling. So um, unless something comes out that drastically changes what as a Dex strategy in the dynamic of playing Yuriko can do, like I don't think there's much further we can push. Right. I, I don't think they're gonna put another thousand or something that one ups thousand face shadow or thou, what is that whatever the fuck it's called, the blue one. Oh, one you're blue. talking about the one drop? Yeah. The yeah. one drop, like they printed that for like Yuriko people just to like absolutely go nuts Literally. on. It's one of the best ninjas we've ever seen. They're like they were like, Yes, we know Yuriko's a card. Here you go. <laughs> and yeah. uh I don't know how many more you're going to get of that. So I just don't know how much like that's going to get better. Um, so I would, I would push to just see like new strategies, new things that become available. Things like honestly, like born upon a win, like that is creating new strategies in these kind of decks. Um, you know, you're playing Necropons or whatever, uh, or any other kind of card pushing, uh, in this card pool, giving us more options. Yeah. We but- don't have underworld breach. We don't have Dockside, So it's pretty limited. Would you say that like a ninja that is super high mana value but has a very low ninjutsu cost with a downside when it enters the battlefield wouldn't help the deck at all? I mean, I guess it maybe would make the card pool slightly better, but I don't think it'll do what people like okay. want so, it to do. So in your in your opinion, not one or two cards, not one or two ninjas away from being top like top tier certified. Guess yeah. what? No other top tier deck plays ninjas. So the printing of two new ninjas shouldn't make it oh. more viable, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I was going to hit the button, and I'm like, I don't know which one it is for the uh, bone. Just try one. Just try one? Yeah. Oh, God, it's so No, loud. not that. It's not that. It's not oh, that. Wow. It's not that one. Oh, so sorry about wow. that. Okay. One more. I did it! Let's go. And all the volumes I turned down, it was not the one. Oh, nice. So it was still just as loud. Okay. Thank you, Guy, for the interesting subject for us to sort of like unfurl. I actually really like this concept. Yeah. 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 Like 
just a little bit of like a like a shower thought, man. What do you think about this? A little peek behind the curtain for everybody else listening at home. Ooh, what if on the Discord channel we opened up a little additional channel that say shower thoughts and we get everybody just pipe in, in there and then that kind of generates a opening topic for us each episode. And let's just make it clear that this channel may open up to the general public for a limited time, but in order to gain access to it in the future, you would need a specific role. Oh. Which you can acquire. From where? Through our Patreon account. Ooh. Seamless transition. Wow. wow. I just launched it yesterday. So wow. it is active. It is not totally public yet. For all you early listeners, you can jump on. And we just have the supporter role available at the moment. But if you want to be a very early supporter of the show, I'll make sure to include that link in the description below. 100%. And we just know we'll be aggressively adding uh, tiers with excellent content to appease all you at home who want a little uh, extra taste. A little Mockstars Plus. Oh, yeah. I can't bring any intensity up. It just reminds me of the intro. All right, let's move on to the main subject. Yes, sir. The meat of the episode, the power level dilemma. Ooh. As we all know, we have been grading our decks on on a casual basis on a power level of 1 through 10. And there is one image that has circulated the internet that has basically given everyone the grounding for their rankings. It is uh, a one through 10 power scale that it basically breaks it down into five subjects and then it breaks it or like five different like sections and then it breaks it down into each number. So uh, let's start with a one, right? One and two fall under the subject of unfocused. Unfocused. Has no game plan. (laughs) (laughs) Right? A one is a random pile of cards. Uh, Two is what's a win con? So literally a random pile of cards is a one, which just doesn't exist. Mm, Yeah. And then two, what's a win con? A deck with literally no win condition through any means possible. You just play like every cultivate you can find. Yeah, but but then you have no creatures. Creatures with all with zero power. Do you have just like no, just more cultivate? Having one single creature with more power cultivate would be a win con. More cultivates. You play 50, cult, 50 cultivates, 50, 50 lands. GG's. <laughs> okay. GG's, bro. All right. All right. That's got to be a two. It's more than a, it's more than a one. Yeah, I, it's more than it a one, It is more right? than a one. It is more than a Boom, one. Boom, that's a two. a lot of lands. 50 lands, 50 cultivates. Move on. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> but you can only have one. Never mind. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> it's like just different types. You know, Kadama's Reach, every single one you can possibly find. Oh, like all the ones from different, uh, yeah, like draft sets, stuff like that. All yeah, of yeah. them. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, three and four fall under the uh, subject of focused. In this, a three is a normal pre-con. Do you agree? We're with calling that? three a pre-con. Three is a normal pre-con. That's interesting because most people I've spoken to say about five is about the pre-con level. Four is a strong pre-con. Jesus Christ. So would you say, like, this is the scale that I would, like, like when I think about, like, a pre-con, I would rather we have more room at the top to be able to define. That's fair. You know, like. Everything's a 10. Everything's just. Yeah, it, uh, I, lost it's it's a 10. I lost to it. It's a 10. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I'm willing. Uh, this is definitely off of my axis of what I would think of this. So I'm, ex- I'm interested to see how we progress. Right. So uh, three being a normal pre-con, I would say that the cycling, the cycling okay, so the pre-con. Gavi, uh, Savine, Con, uh, Chronoclasm, yeah, yeah. Both notably Jeskai. 
terrible decks. Yeah. We're going to call those threes. We'll call those uh, old school precons because the strong precons, I would say, are the more modern day ones that have actual synergies and powerful cards. We like, thought of the exact same card when we were talking about this. It's Nalia de Arnis. That precon was slapping. And that'll hit you hard. That that literally just has all of the like synergies you could ever want for a party deck like in those two colors in it. Yeah, There's and then, like a lot you need to change. Spoiler alert, when we're talking about like how just uh discongruous all this are, is like uh say you're just like, "All right, we're all bringing precons to the table and you show up with Gavi and you show up with Savine the Chroniclasm and one other terrible deck and then Nalia de Arnis." It's like those are just two very different things. Yeah, it's it's crazy because we go up to five and six. Five is upgraded precons. Six is decks with a plan. Now there's already a little bit of mixing of the like the waters here because saying that a strong precon is a deck without a plan is essentially what is inherently said there, right? The well, precons are decks without plans. They need to define what a plan is, I guess. Yes, like is plan like a combo, it like a win condition. Decks that have a definite strategy in mind or multiple that synergize well to enable a solid game plan. See, in my head, that would be a good precon. That is a good precon, yes. Uh, spell choices are more focused, but with mixed levels of efficiency. Lands entering untapped are prioritized. This battle cruiser decks are uncommon here. Most decks contain at least one hard win con, usually a combo. Now, that's not a six. If you're talking that one of your win cons is a combo, I think people automatically usher that up into a higher realm but i think like for most casual people they would say if you're touching any combo you're looking at like eight yeah oh, for, yeah, for yeah. like the for, for like the scaredy cat yeah for scaredy cats for sure now like a six having a combo is a win strategy my freaking kumena deck is a six on a good day sometimes right it has a combo that re relies on nine permanents being on the battlefield at the same time so like is that a combo? Is it like it has a specific plan and that's put Merfolk on the battlefield and draw broken. Cards. Yeah. Wow. You're thinking about a direction in which your commander can get you towards winning the game. So is that How a dare you? or is that below that? Does that fall into because all the cards are refined in a way like they're all Merfolk. I, mean, that, I think by this category, it has to be a six. We're talking we're talking six for yeah. sure. Okay. All right. Seven playing with power. Decks, decks are largely refined down to just the best cards for their strategy. Eight, living on the edge. Decks have a specific, consistent game plan, often following def defined lines of play. Every card enables, supports, or protects the deck's primary strategy. Lots of low-cost ramp and uh, tight curves means casting multiple spells a turn can be expected as early as turn one. Okay, I mean, I guess I could see that this is now effectively the threshold for CDH. This is where I, like, I've been on record in the past saying that any deck can be an eight. Any commander, any legendary creature, you can make a commander deck and it can be an eight because you have access to some of the most powerful cards in Magic and if you use all of them and you include Combo lines in those colors, mono green has combo lines, mono blue has combo lines, every color has combo lines, mm -hmm. right? Then you you can potentially build it as an eight. Sometimes you don't even need the commander to be involved in order to win the game. So, yeah, depending on the colors. Yeah. So, I, I you know, living on the edge is just something where it's like everything is focused and stuff like that. That's an eight. That's an eight. Many decks, but not all, are high budget to budget lists on that. For eights. For eights. Okay. All right. Nine. Tier two CDH decks. Oh, okay. So we're just outright referencing CDH now. Yes. 
kind of lazy of the writer no <laughs> yeah like define it like you tier two uh cdh decks decks have no fat every card matters every play is impactful decks have several specific lines of play you're expected to make mul- multiple plays uh per turn from turn one if not sooner you must be able to ready inter- you must be ready to interact just as quickly board states are less important than in lower levels budget list decks are common but some decks aren't very expensive so I disagree. With, I agree with everything except for the very last line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that we'll get to that later. Like cost and it's relatively and it's perception on power level two, and ten tier one CDH decks. This a ten is literally the perfect deck. I think you like you have to like core four. You have to use that. Yeah, you have to use that with in mind when you're declaring a deck a ten. It is the absolute best deck. Otherwise, we have no ceiling. It's like what can be considered ten. Yeah, I think it'd be like that's got to be like you know core four Najila, Blue Farm, Winota, the fourth one. Uh, Sisse and you, you think Winota's at the top? I don't know. Like I, I think this like is because this is where the opinion. Well, this, oh, it's obviously it's definitely an opinion, but there is like there is a general consensus that the top four decks are Najila, Blue Farm, Winota. And a fourth deck that I can't fucking remember right now. <laughs> okay. Um, the most uh, the most powerful decks in the format. Every card is hyper-efficient and consistency is almost on a card-for-card basis. Power plays and instant speed interaction are thrown around like water balloons. While inexpensive decks can be here, budgetless versions of them are almost always going to reign supreme due to efficiency. That is the definition of a 10 on uh, on the EDH power levels. The, the, the list that... It, Pretty much everyone has been as seen or has circulated the internet. I've actually never seen this. Oh, I've seen it now. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, I will say that's kind of different than what I've had personally thought, and it's also different than like you know the consensus I've heard from most people. I would say, um, and that is to say that nobody that I know of or have interacted with when speaking about power level has any idea about this because the conversation is all over the place. The people saying that, you know, I'm sitting down at a table at PAX, not this year, but last year, and we're like, all right, I sit down at the table with my Malcolm uh, File Smasher list. It's a pretty strong list. Um, and I'm like, all right, guys, what are we playing? Because I also have a pre-con in my, in my bag. And I was like, uh, we're playing, I'm probably playing like an eight or nine. And it was like a CDH fileable commander. Yeah. And I was like, all right, shit, we're playing gas. Got it. Bring out my Malcolm Vile Smasher. Um, Which at the time you would say you were working on it, hyper refining that. Well, I mean, You'd say it was probably nine. Right? I mean, using that scale, I would say it was a 10, right? It is 100% like, you know, the focus stack card for card, like like focusing. Based on the description, yeah. Yeah, focusing. Like, it was a tournament, my tournament grinding deck. So with that, like. I was like, all right, this is all I have that'll compete. You know, I can play maybe a little slower and play for an eight and not like, you know, tournament grind, Thassa's Oracle turn one or two. Right. Um, But then like the rest of the table did not fall to that or did not, it was fair below that. Um, But then this guy ended up playing everything out and he didn't play anything until turn four or five. And then like, it's literally just like tap out on turn five, cast commander, pass turn. And like, he was probably playing by this regard. I would say maybe a three, like a, a pre-con level <laughs> yeah. deck, not even a tuned level. So it's like the fact that we're having this conversation, and that's not even the only case. It's not a corner case scenario. It's like we stopped no, going to casual commander night because of how uncomfortable some of the experiences were. 
Yeah. Well, that's because it was happening on a weekly basis. We wanted to get out. And that's the thing is we were making it our mission when we started this podcast to go out and play casual or play at commander nights like in Seattle. So we'd go out and uh, the thing is we'd sit down and we'd have the same experience every single week where someone would tell us what their power level was. And we had decks across the board. Like we had I had Zakama, which was like my combo deck at the time, but definitely not a 10. You know, I think that was like an eight because I think Zakama can only really go so high. And, um, it, you know, Jordan was playing Malcolm Vile Smasher. We had a lot of really great games there, but most every single time, like my one experience at Phoenix games was the time that we sat down. And so I was like, is the deck, I have a proxy deck. Is that all right? But I know it's competitive. And it was a Krenko, um, deck that was just focused on like spitting out tons of goblins mm. right they end up winning on turn three the yeah. first game you know yeah. so it's like they rolled us <laughs> yeah it's like great like thank you now we know what we're in like let's go i'll play Zakama. we had you some play. good experiences there too we had some people that like even though they weren't quite to the level that we were playing at they were like excited about it and they were like oh i didn't know people here were playing like this you know so yeah there was that too but for all of those experiences there was like the one that we know i know we're both thinking of where we played this very casual game against a Lonis player who i had a all I had on my entire battlefield or I had done the entire game was I think on turn three, I cast a mayhem devil Yeah, yeah. on curve and they had cast Lannis on curve and they had been creating a ton of clues and a ton of like treasures. Yeah. They had like cannery manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. Lannis. And then they were like, crack one clue. And I was like, okay, I'll point one damage out Lannis. And then they were literally just like, oh, like, so that's how this game's going to go. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Like what? Yeah. What do you What do you expect? <laughs> he fired a shot across the bow. Like it doesn't even kill Lannis. It didn't even kill Lannis. But I literally looked over at Jordan and I saw his eyes roll into the back. Bro, of his I meant scooped he right there. Scoop. He sat at the table, was respectful, but yeah, oh, that man. game was over at oh. that point. And it just leads to a lot of like, okay, so I can't play the game, but I'm supposed to allow you to play the game. hundred percent. That's like, you know, that's where this power level like thing comes in discussion because when we sat down what you were playing i i forgot what deck it was that you were playing but it like i remember sitting down and they're like it's a seven yeah and i think that's become a joke it's become like this yeah exactly you know every, it's a seven. everybody's deck's a seven a precon's a five and everybody's deck is a seven and yeah. everything else is cdh yes so like uh what you know one to ten is a scale refinement of strategy being like where we start to like really place our marker on where our decks are. So like if you refine the strategy fully, you're saying that you like, and now this is where it gets confusing too, because I say that every commander can be an eight, but if I'm building a Grun the Lonely King deck that can become a 2020 smasher, I can make Grun a 10 for what Grun can be, right? I can make a 10 out of 10 Grun deck, yeah, <laughs> right? But I can't make Grun itself. You're not making be. an eight. I can't, I can't make it a 10 on what is considered like the most powerful decks in, in the game. So um, like I can refine it that way. It's just no one's drawn that line yet to say like um, this is a 10 out of 10. Like my Xerus deck is not a 10 out of it's maybe a 10 out of 10 zero stack. I don't know. But um, that's where we keep running into this dilemma because I think Jordan and I have both built decks. And I think Ritter has run into this a couple times too, is that the decks we've built are far too powerful for casual, like for sitting at a table. And I will say this is an eight, right? Because on 
the, the scale of power that I just read, the, the table that has gone everywhere and everyone's seen, that's what it would fall into, right? But then I play it and they immediately am accused of playing, you know, CDH or, you know, overpowering the table or, you know, it's just like, no, I, I built strategies and synergies into the deck and playing a Jeweled Lotus to get my commander onto the battlefield actually stimulates my strategy. Who would have thought? So, and you've run into it a few times with Paco. Oh, oh, Paco's good. Not even just Paco, just constantly. Yeah, I, I find I was reflecting on this earlier today. I was like, I do think that I just have a tendency to build decks that are way too strong for quote unquote casual as an ambiguous term, yet not nearly good enough for CDH. Like I I'm like, all right, I'll take this to a CDH server online or whatever like that, or even in person with friends and you get slapped Mm -hmm. because it's not a CDH deck. (laughs) And I'll say the same thing about uh, Ritter's Yoshi deck. Like I think Yoshi is one of those decks that if he pulls it out and we're all, I'm playing Xerus, you're playing uh, what uh Paco. Paco, yeah, and then he's playing Yoshi. I think those are decks that interact well with each other because we're all playing interaction. Now, if Ritter takes that to a casual table, you know, someone stra- a stranger sitting at the table, he's gonna freaking stomp their face. In. There's no removal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like turn four, everybody's dead. But he takes that deck to tournament, and he's not winning a game. He's not getting up. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, he's not gonna get off the ground. Like I'm sorry, but it's just not gonna happen. Um, I. I'm excited to see where that deck goes and how it grows, but you know, it's one of those things where like we all run into that. I took Zeros to a tournament, got my face shredded, you know, like I had fun getting my face shredded, but right. that's what happens. I'm like, I want to take Paco, but I know that will also happen once I do that. There's also an argument that a lot of players will make that the cost of cards is relative to power. So uh, Jordan, for, for a long time, you would yell at me for putting Mana Crypt in every deck. I owned one, so I put one in. <laughs> like, so, but uh, I was just at the time, and still, I'm making a concerted effort when I'm playing casual, like, yeah, to, like to not to, because yeah, I have the tendency to always just power up whatever I'm playing. So I am trying to make that delineation between a CDH deck now and a casual deck. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of people will see that you, you know, you're playing, you're playing a casual deck, or you're playing casually, but you have a mana crypt in it, and they will disqualify you from basically being able to play that game because they see the expense like how expensive that card is so when you share your deck list online i know a lot of people if they do it accurately won't you know will be maybe a thousand dollars for a deck and when you bougie it up you'll realize that like the deck the potential of it could be like eight to ten thousand dollars it adds up yeah and uh it's I, I just can't say enough how uh, inaccurate that like pretense is or that prejudice is. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like Drop of Honey is an eight hundred dollar card. You're not seeing yeah. the CDH tournament. Yeah, you know, and I, I've seen that card played like a handful of times, and it has done nothing. Yeah, the entire time. If anything, it blows up in the player's face. So um, that that argument, it just like it goes out the window. And it, yeah, I don't think there's much merit into cost because there's just needlessly expensive cards for no reason. Right. You cannot base that off of power level. Yeah, a lot of really good cards are very expensive, but, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of rare cards are expensive. You throw one Guru card. Island into your deck and shit, you're overcosted anyway. So. Yep. Um, something just I thought about just while sitting here talking with you is I think outside of the power level thing, because obviously there is a disconnect, right? You know, yeah. we, these this exists and everybody's seen it apparently, but, you know, we're still having these issues and these conversation or whatever deficits. I think a large part of it is more of a mentality of what you are trying to do and accomplish by playing the game of magic. 
I think, and especially in Commander, because it's very, very, very different than every other format, in the regard that one person can show up and just barely look at their cards because they are wanting to talk with the people at the table and catch up on their day. Well, other people, like us, our entire play group, many other people that are accused of being too high power or CDH or sweaty, are there to play a game and they're play they're there to win. They're there's they play to win is the phrase I'm getting at. Right. That is a mentality that we show up with and we deck build with. So when a casual honest player cracks a treasure, my mayhem devil is there to punish that. <laughs> but there is definitely a discrepancy in the mentality of players showing up in a casual format that they take that however they want because a one is just as accepted as an eight. Yes. Right. Or seven. Maybe we'll tell it down a little bit. Right. Maybe a six like a one. Apparently a random fucking pile of cards can show up and should have theoretically should have just as good of a time as a six or a seven. When that is absolutely not the case, that is not going to happen whatsoever. And that is going to lead to a lot of people feeling bad. And so I guess, you know, that ultimately it, it provokes a question, a question I was going to ask anyway. What contributes to power? Like, and how does that, how is that relative to the scale? Well, I mean, I think that scale was actually pretty accurate. I think, like, sticking to, you know, refinement, you see the CMC going down, uh, you see, or mana value nowadays. And then you see, like, you know, our, our strategy, refining, tutors, focusing strategy. You're seeing the same strategy every time. You're seeing on a ter- certain turn level or, on a certain turn, you are seeing these things develop, right? Like in CDH, I think we've developed more of the, the the lingo with the phrase like you should be willing to or ready to win the game or ready to stop somebody from winning the game by turn three every single game. Yeah. Every single hand you mulligan. If you can't do that, your deck side is not good enough. You're not a good enough mulliganer or that's it. You're a bad player. That's it. Yeah, you, you're trash. I, you know, and your deck's bad or you're bad. It's all a matter of learning, right? And I think 100. I'm I'm bad at CDH, so I can say it. <laughs> yeah, you like you get clapped a few times, and I think that helps the learning process. You realize you have to be reflective, and I think one of the more reflective people we know is Guy, where he takes notes after God. every single game. Awesome, you know, he's and awesome. It's like a great way to grow as a player, and so that you continue to develop your strategies and continue to grow in, in power as a player, not necessarily in deck, but um, and exactly. And that speaks to like the, I want to be better because I love this game and I want to play to win. Like, and you can do that on any level, right? This is not a CDH concept. This is like a, just playing a game concept. I play to win when I play Scrabble, right? Yeah. 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 So that should port, but for some reason that scale of one to say six, it does that mentality does not port, and you will not be, what CDH has, you will not have that where you have this general consensus just showing up at the table. You don't have to have a discussion in, in advance. It's why I hate board games. It's like, it's not that I hate board games. It's just, I want to play board games with a, you know, with a group of people that have the same collective, like a mindset where right. it's like I going to a casual party and someone busts out a board game and, or, and I'm just sitting there and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, uh, is everyone going to try to win as hard as I'm about to win? Right, right like you're trying to win, and then <laughs> some dude's like chatting with somebody he hasn't seen in a while, like yeah. looking back at the party. I'm sitting here playing apples to apples, and I'm like, <laughs> "This is the funniest card you've ever they're, seen." They're going to pick this. Yeah, they're, they're going to pick this one. I know them. Like, stand up, God. Yeah, yeah you're like, Chuck, you're you know that was the best one. <laughs> you're just doing that because you're dating. Yeah. <laughs> First of five wins, I'm at four. Okay. 
And so, so like, this is the unhealthy side of competition. <laughs> right. You know, you don't you don't burst out like that in reality, hopefully. But, you know, you're definitely wanting to win. And so board games and magic, I guess, can be relative in that way. You know, if you're someone who tries to win at all times, or you're trying to min max, you know, your mindset towards this winning games like that's where ultimately we run into the problem with the what the conundrum that the power level scale gives us is the social contract right because you go to any of these events and they are still social it's a four player game and you need to be able to participate and if not if everyone's not on the same like level or the same under the same understanding which is where we tried i think that's where the power the this guide tried to alleviate a lot of those issues but it ultimately created more issues to the social like to the social yeah, conundrum where, just because it i totally agree because it's like it's like i said it's the mentality instead of just the deck like yeah it's yeah. like these people are showing up with these decks but it's how they're showing up and what they're thinking about and none of that is reflective you know and you can't plan for something like that yeah i mean what contributes to power if i ask myself that question the pilot contributes to power 100 percent. because you can take a pre-con and if you make the right play at the right time with that pre-con you have a good shot at winning that game right so i'm saying like yeah 100 percent. like if you go to a place like say our, our local game stores are very casual and commander there's you will not find a lot of cdh so if you go there and you give them my five color Nigila turbo ad not stack right and you set that right on the table you play Pre-con Nalia Darnese, fresh out the packaging, smells crisp. You're going to win that game. If that, uh, yeah, if that, not, if the Nalia player knows what they're doing and the Najila player has no idea what's I'm in saying the deck, that you take the Nalia deck and you bring oh. somebody else. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. You're winning the game. Well, it's happened a few times and it's happened a few times the tournament where we've sat at the table and someone will introduce themselves to say, hi, I'm so-and-so and this is my first CDH tournament. My first thought, you're a liability. <laughs> like it's because like whatever deck you're given, you haven't had enough practice with yet. And so like your mindset maybe to want to get better and we want to be more open and inclusive we want more people playing cdh and competing mm -hmm. it's just you you haven't seen what all these other decks do yet you know your experience is so much you know like you, you have so much to learn so it's it's crazy that you, people will come with decks that are either built for them which is a mistake and it's a disservice to that person because then they don't know what they're tutoring for they don't know what the strategies are the lines are anything like that and yeah. it gets to be, you know, and then it's a social conundrum there, too, because you're sitting there and you're like, well, I want you to be able to contribute to this game, but you can't because you don't know what's in this deck. And and that has nothing to do with power level, but <laughs> that's another, that's maybe another episode. Yeah, we've talked about, about a little bit on our past, like when we've uh, done some tournament updates, but there is definitely that thing. And I just, my only thought is like, I, I really want people to be more welcome to join CDH and I want more people to join CDH. But I don't like what I've been seeing where people are being kind of pulled into CDH and their first experience is at a tournament. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't do that anywhere else. Like, you wouldn't do that in, like, a soccer tournament or anything like that, right? It's like, you need to practice and understand how the game works so that you can participate adequately. Right. Um, and I think that completely ports here, right? Because even as you scale it to CDH, that is still a social game. You still rely on you even more so. You rely on the people at the table very heavily to kind of keep everybody else in check. And it's mm -hmm. this constant give and take. And that is really the next level of playing CDH is understanding and being good at that. Um, it, like you said, it becomes significantly harder when that person does not understand that, nor do they understand the more or you, 
they're having a hard time understanding the basic level, you know, in which case yep. you're having to show them other people may be guiding them um, towards, you know, unfavorable outcomes towards their themselves, you know, stuff like that. So ultimate, ultimately we can draw a line as far as like, if we're to say, and I, I think, we're we're able to say that that scale is accurate in some respects. The yeah, one actually, that, the I, one that we read off. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's pretty good. Now, how that scale has been interpreted over the few years that it has been available to the public, completely, it's a game is, of telephone, bro. It is very different than what I hear. And we've heard many people say the scale is arbitrary. Yeah, like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, even that, though if we if everybody stuck to that, I think things would be a lot less arbitrary. Yeah, if you had this, I think if you were an LGS or if you are an LGS listening to this, and you put this scale up, mm-hmm. and I'll put the link for the scale in the description below. Whoa, whoa! So you can all can you all can see it. Uh, if you put this up and you pointed to it whenever someone had a question or someone had a problem or someone said, judge, we think he's being unfair. And then you pointed to that and you said, where does it fall on here? Did they miscommunicate to you? Did they like lie to you? Is this, you know, can you define it here on this list? I think there's a couple gray areas on that list where it's like deck to the plan is very like a hundred percent, a very vague description. Cause it's like, Precons have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. yeah, I definitely agree. It's not perfect, but I don't think yeah. anything is going to be perfect on such a big you stuff. You can't, you can't make it perfect. Yeah. And ultimately, the reason why I think the scale is arbitrary is because we're looking at tens of thousands of unique game pieces that are available to just the general public when dis- when constructing a deck. Yeah, especially so, in an internal quote-unquote casual format it, it leads to a very large skew of interaction yeah with a singleton format where 99 you know 100 individual cards and personality is king yep please make sure you express yourself in all of your decks and politics you know politics are a tool that you can use so there's all this like infinite possibilities the uh, like infinite uncertainty like all this like stuff that contributes to the to the power of the deck also comes from the player. So then you're just like, how do you possibly boil that down to a single number? 100%. You know, I think that's the ultimately what this comes down to is how do you, how do you define it? How? And that's a great fucking question. If you, if you know the answer, please leave a comment in the description down below because we would like to know. Yeah, I feel like it's like a what came first, chicken and the egg kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Which came first, the deck or the pilot? Oh. Oh. I, I mean, I, probably I, the pilot? Pro- Every pilot had to play what the if, deck what came if, first, bro. What if, like, a, well, if a cards parent, came first? Th- what if a par- yeah, yeah, well, depends how old they are. The fuck are you talking about? What if about? a parent gave their deck to their newborn uh, child? And they grew up with that deck, and but, they played but it. But that's not the first iteration. You oh. got to go to the first iteration, which is that that parent getting that deck, right? When it was right. Case, but I came first. Were they born before ninety three? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to the actual uh, question at hand. Actually, I think we're done. I think we've pretty much answered the question. We just yeah, got off on I a thought, tangent I, there. Oh, I thought that was just a wrapping up banter. Yeah, it was a little bit. This is now. This this might actually be. currently right now. Yeah, yes. This is the This wrap. is the banter that we're using to wrap up the show. 100%. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the Pock Stars Modcast. Pock Stars Modcast. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by Pockter Depper. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you. One day it's just got to happen at yeah. this point. If we say it enough. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of the Mock Stars podcast. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by finding us on Patreon. That's a new thing. Hey. Um, I'll leave a link in the description below. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, hit that thumbs up, and ring that little bell to know when the next episode is going to drop. And find us on all major podcasting platforms. Join the Discord. Make sure you join that community as we uh, open up new channels for everybody to contribute to. Get on the Shower Thoughts channel. Get on the Shower Thoughts, baby. That's going to go behind a payroll right quick, so make sure you get in while you can. (laughs) Get in early. (laughs) And once again... Thank you for listening. 100%. Have a good night. Good night, y'all. Bye-bye.